This is episode 144 of the e-commerce coffee break podcast. Today I'm talking to William Belk about speed optimization for Shopify websites, why it is important and what you can do to improve your store. So let's get started. But first a shout out to our sponsor Bundle Builder. Join thousands of Shopify entrepreneurs that use Bundle Builder to create custom product bundles that turn browsers into buyers and dramatically increases average order values. Install Bundle Builder today and get a free 30-day trial plus an onboarding call to help get you set up for success. Simply visit www.bundlebuilder.app or click the link in the show notes. This is the e-commerce coffee break. A top-rated Shopify growth podcast dedicated to Shopify merchants and business owners looking to grow their online stores. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get marketing advice you can't find on Google. Welcome, welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Hello and welcome to another episode of e-commerce Coffee Break. Today we want to talk about why Shopify apps can and do kill your page speed and what you can do about that. Therefore, I have an expert on the show today. It's William Balk. He is a app developer and software and product designer. He's focusing on building high-performance software and products that work, web performance optimization, and also rethinking people and process systems using lean principles. He helps with Shopify projects, web performance optimization, SEO strategy, and improvement for Google search and lean process improvement. So he has a vast experience when it comes to Shopify, and we want to dive a little bit deeper into this topic to see how this can help you improving your page speed. So let's welcome William to the show. Hi, William. How are you today? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. William, give me a bit of background. Why is page speed so important? The number one reason is because of the customers, right? We want customers to have a better experience. We get lost a lot in the page speed discussion about conversion, you know, bounce rate. We can talk about cost of ad spend, which is a huge one. We get into like kind of hard to pin down SEO discussions, right? SEO improvement. But the first one is just customer experience. So the the more we satisfy our customers, the more we sell. The happier people are, the more they come back. So like we can talk about returning customers as it relates to PHP. But number one is customer satisfaction and brand stickiness, right? Brand engagement. That's number one, right? Beyond that, then we can move on to the technical discussions. And the nuanced discussions about how PageSpeed affects performance, like aggregate brand performance, right? Conversion optimization, ad landing page quality score, you know, SEO rank, all the different things. But the first one is like, make our customers happier, right? Okay. So you already touched on a couple of things and that gives the listeners an impression that page speed optimization is just not a simple thing. There is a lot of moving parts involved that all sort of contribute or basically negative can impact your page speed. Now with Shopify, Shopify has just upgraded a year, one and a half years ago to online shopping 2.0. And I think things have gone better, but I think there's also a lot of things that haven't got better. So tell me a little bit on what's happening within Shopify when it comes to page speed. If we circle back a little bit to where you started, which is saying that apps can destroy your page speed on Shopify in general, right? So I have a product that I just released, a free page testing tool called Page Doctor. And then I saw that you ran your WordPress site through there. And then I'm sure you saw in the read-up that WordPress plugins start to install all kinds of blocking script tags and all kinds of CSS modules, right? And so Shopify is similar in that way where a lot of the apps that we install, so a saying that I have is you're only as fast as your slowest app on Shopify. The way that the apps inject code into your site can really cause problems for your PHP performance. Shopify 2.0 effectively means use of 
app blocks and widgets in the online store customizer. The old method that apps, and this is still available to apps, and this is kind of the problem. So the old method is Shopify will load your entire page. And then at the end of the page, they have a function. It's called async load. And then once your entire page contents are loaded, then Shopify will open the door to all of your apps to inject JavaScript tags and CSS into your page. Generally starts with JavaScript requests. So a lot of times if you look at your source, you'll see this async load function. It has an array of JavaScript tags associated with all of your apps. So let's say you have 15 or 20 apps. With the flip of a switch, it's literally like Shopify pulling down a gate and allowing 10 to 20 requests to fire. And then those requests might all fire 10, 20 additional requests. So you could have something like 50 requests going like that right at the end of your page load. And that's why we see with Google PageSpeed Insights, we see this measure in Google PageSpeed Insights that we look at is time to interact. You have your page load, it looks super fast, and then you have this massive stampede of asynchronous requests in the background. That all takes browser resources, right? A good example would be something like, let's say two popular apps that we would talk about would be like Clavio. So they have their JavaScript like bundle. I forget what it's called, but that one is usually quite big. And, you know, it could be five to 10 requests, depending on how your, your modules are set up or something like Yotpo. So if you watch Yotpo's installation, it could be 20 to 30 requests that are spawned after your page. This is really, something really hard to explain. I'm trying to find better ways to talk about it, but I want the store owners to put more pressure on the app developers to do better, right? Because this is like a massive, massive problem where we look at fraud apps like Signified or something like that. Again, 15, 20 requests that are spanned out across three to four seconds. And we don't feel like it affects the page load, like the core page load. But then every action that the user tries to take while these things are spawning up in the background, you're competing with the browser for resources. So every script tag that you load, but if you click something, while the browser is loading a script tag or loading CSS file, the browser will not do anything until it's done with loading the script tag, right? So then you're constantly in this battle for resources. So like the numbers that we look at in terms of bringing down the total cognitive load of the browser would be like number of requests, right? So if we have 300 or 400 requests, even if we're only loading one megabyte, each one of those requests has to be processed by the browser. So then we see like our page load and then in the background, we have 80 requests going like this in and out of the browser. So then the browser's brain is like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to prioritize this. And then everything that you, even a scroll, like something as simple as a scroll, if you have all of these apps installed that are making 10, 20 requests in the background, then your scroll will be all jumpy. You could have like some 10 millisecond wait time for this or that, or, you know, something might not even be initialized, so it doesn't even work. Okay. I want to click to the next frame on the slider on the homepage. Well, if there's a hundred things happening in the background, then your slider is going to be like all jumpy like that. You know, all these small things. And then you move from there to all of the actual costs to your business from having this type of setup can be huge, right? So, and that's kind of the trickle down. So then what I encourage people to start at, where I encourage people to start in terms of evaluating the page speed is two things. One is look at your theme. So your theme could be set up in a way that's just disastrous to your page speed, especially if your theme is a few years old. So you could say, you see a lot of old themes that have like fade in and fade out effects. So the page will load, you have all these assets that are loaded and then maybe 600 milliseconds. So 600 milliseconds would be 0.6 seconds. So half a second. And then everything fades in really nice. It may look nice, but you know, it's not good. 
it's really, really slow. So then you've lost an entire half a second to showing people information about your products. It's pretty devastating over the long term if you're getting a lot of traffic or if you're buying a lot of ads, right? So that's the first place to look at your theme. Related to that, talk to your developer. Listen to your developer, right? So a lot of brand owners, they'll say, okay, I want this fade or I want this type of effect. And then the developer will say, hey, that's going to hurt the page speed. And then the brand owner will say, well, I don't care. I want it that way. You know, a lot of brand owners, they get an emotional attachment to like a certain type of feature. I've been writing code my whole life and I'm at the point in my career now where I just quit. I make the recommendation one time and then (laughs) they say, we'll do it your way. That's not going to cut it moving forward as our brands get bigger. So, you know, if we're a $200,000 brand, maybe it doesn't matter. If we're a $5 million brand, it matters. If we're a $20 million brand and we're starting to buy tons and tons of traffic, all these small little things really, really matter. And then we want to pursue excellence, right? And then we want to work with these people who are encouraging us, challenging us, right? Okay, we want to get better and get faster and all these things. So that's the theme part. And then the app part is the second step where we look at all the apps that we've installed. And specifically for Shopify or like I mentioned, WordPress. I haven't worked with WordPress in a long time, but just through Page Doctor, which is at pagedoctor.com. Through that, I see all these WordPress tests and it's a disaster. It's just a disaster. And that's all from the WordPress plugin ecosystem. And then we have the exact same type of system with Shopify, where if you look how many apps we have installed, you know, like I said, again, you're only as fast as your slowest app. So then when you run it through Google PageSpeed Insights or Page Doctor or these different tools, you'll see the things that are killing us are one, our theme, and then all the apps are, you know, throwing all these things in the background and doing all these things. So then we want to go through and prune all these apps. Another good example would be like Shopify's product reviews app. One of their external library dependencies is jQuery. So they will load another jQuery on your page. So if you don't have the right version that they want, then they'll load another one. And then if you install Shopify's product reviews app and don't use it, so let's say you're just evaluating it, they'll still inject their payload on your page. So a lot of merchants or store owners, they have all these apps installed and they don't even realize that they're getting stuff injected onto their page in the background because they've given the app access to that kind of hook or that door. And then let's say you're evaluating product reviews apps. You have three or four apps installed. You may have three or four hundred K payloads of 40 requests, maybe 50, 100 requests in the background just to evaluate these apps. The kind of things where people get in these holes where, oh, my page is so slow, all these things are happening. Well, Shopify is so great in that we're all used to one-click everything, right? I want a newsletter overlay and I want to be able to like text message someone and email them. Okay, cool. Click a button, go into the admin, add my overlay. Okay, you just slowed down your page by three seconds. You know, you solved one problem. And then you've inherited another one, which is fine. You know, back to my comment about working with our developers, our developers understand this and our developers are tired or discouraged and demoralized of seeing it over and over again. Hey, this is killing our page speed, right? And then we get in this as store owners, right? We're so spoiled. You can run a $10 million store on Shopify for like $80 a month. And then the developer's like, oh, cool. Hey, I want to work on page speed. It's going to take 20 hours. And then the store owner freaks out and they're like, oh my God, that's whatever, three or $4,000. Well, you're making $10 million. You have to start working on it, you know, and then evaluating every single decision. I think rethinking like what we talked about every time we solve a problem, if we inherit or we make another problem a little bit worse, you know, we have to have a mental framework for thinking about that, right? And now a quick break to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Bundle Builder. 
With over five years in the Shopify App Store, Bundle Builder is the OG bundling app for Shopify stores. Get creative with custom product kits and gift boxes. Let your customers choose the bundle contents for a personalized experience or set up pre-built bundles. One click and it's in the cart. Use the powerful discount engine to create offers and deals like percentage, fixed or tiered discounts and set rules with conditions. Bundle Builder will sync your inventory in ways that work for your business with single or multi-SKU options available. Install Bundle Builder in the App Store today and get a free 30-day trial plus a free onboarding call to help you to get your store set up for success. Simply visit www.bundlebuilder.app or click the link in the show notes. And now, let's get back to the show. 100%. I think you gave a lot of information there that a lot of store owners potentially will not know. And a lot of store owners, specifically small and medium businesses, solopreneurs, they go for the feature. And there's a bit of shiny object syndrome. They won't have all the features. And I see stores on a daily basis, they have load times of 10, 12, 15, 20 seconds and more. And I can tell them it's like, yeah, no one will wait for your product page to load, even if you have all these features in there. Process can be very complex. And pagedoctor.com definitely helps in finding out where the whole machine is getting slowed down. And what's the next step? Do you just get rid of all the apps or do you bring them in the right order? Do you have to have a web developer from scratch one? What can a store owner do to get the optimization process into gear? That's a good question. Where do I start here? So one of the reasons that I built Page Doctor is that I was tired. I was becoming fatigued doing my own just first pass analysis. So Google PageSpeed Insights is really, really great product. But for me personally, it doesn't give me the first pass information, the highest priority first pass information that I want the way that I want it and most efficiently, right? So that's why I built PageDoctor. So most of the problems that people have with PageSpeed is like a 101 foundational issue, right? So like you have too many blocking script tags. Like a blocking script tag means you load a script for either a library or an app component. The way that that's loaded, the browser has to stop everything it's doing to load it into memory and make it available. And then the same with CSS. So the first step is look at blocking requests. A good example would be like Google Tag Manager. So if you added Google Tag Manager script like that, if you forget to add the async attribute or defer attribute, then you're telling the browser, okay, stop everything. This is the most important thing. The rest of the page can't function unless this JavaScript is loaded. Just look at that foundational stuff. So I start there and a lot of that is connected to the theme. Sometimes the theme has hard-coded ways of adding scripts or hooks for tag manager or these things. And it's just one little oversight from the theme developer. So we just start there. And then after we get there, we can start to go into apps. Apps and like more of the technical stuff. So are we using jQuery? Is jQuery a requirement? for our theme to load, you know, and that's a big killer too. So if all of our theme animations like fade in or, you know, scroll functions or carousels or those things require jQuery, then nothing can happen on that page until jQuery is loaded. So if jQuery is getting loaded from a CDN, I see that a lot is if we load jQuery from a CDN, it's a big risk. I don't care what CDN network it is. I don't care if it's Cloudflare. When you install jQuery, they give you that URL or sometimes there's the Google CDN URL. I don't trust any of them. Any request that you really need to be on the page before your page loads, you should load it from the file system. Because every network request now, you see what's happening out there is that the networks are just getting exploded with like, attacks, just regular latency. So let's say you're in a neighborhood and okay, I have Fios. Well, what if my neighbor is downloading eight seasons of Game of Thrones right now, right? So then my jQuery request that needs to go through in order for my whole entire page to be loaded is now competing with my neighbor's Game of Thrones eight season, eight gigabyte download, right? 
So then every single request that goes out is a big, big risk. And it's not such a big deal for these things that are not super important, especially as it relates to Shopify. We already have a connection going with Shopify's servers. So then just load it from the file system. Don't rely on Google or Cloudflare or Fastly or whoever, you know, you can see where these things are coming from. So even some of your apps, you can say, okay, one of my apps is pretty slow. Then I'll just copy the contents of their script tag and put it in the file system. This is stuff you should just talk to your developer about, right? Because case by case, the first thing would be go in and prune all your apps. Delete everything you're not using. That would be a good first step. And then talk to your developer and invest more resources in page speed improvement, right? To circle back to what we were talking about before, we're so spoiled and we're so used to paying $20 a month for something that used to cost $80,000 a year that a lot of the brand owners get stuck in their own hole, right? So then they're like, they ask the agency they're working with or the SEO person that they're working with or their developer, like, why is this so slow? How much is it going to cost to fix? And then they don't want to know that to be elite, you know, it costs money. We need to work and work and work and pursue excellence. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot the last few weeks. I'm pretty curious, you know, kind of naturally. And then when I don't know something, it like burns, it hurts me, right? And then, uh, you know, I end up in all these rabbit holes and this is the blessing and a curse, right? It's so... In some respects, that kind of approach is good, but it's not always productive, right? But the thing that I was thinking about is we want to keep pursuing excellence, right? And we're never right. You know, we're always just trying to do better and better. But the thing that I think is lost on a lot of operational people in e-commerce is that this is not going to be your last job. If you have access to an agency or a developer, even if the people are opinionated, you want to be with these people who are trying to pursue excellence and get better. So if they say, hey, let's look at this area of the site and make it better, we might learn something that when we start our own brand or our next business, then that'll set us up for even more success. Because you've been in the e-commerce industry a long time. You know, I've been in the software industry for 20 years and the number of failures I have either directly related to like my initiatives or working with other people is just countless. So then the thing that's really kept me inspired and excited about what I do is just this continual learning and like it's the pursuit of excellence. You never hit it, you never gain it, but then everything is moving so quickly in all the different directions, right? If we take one year off, like, oh, I'm just going to be a middle manager. And if I want to take a year off and focus on management or product without getting in the weeds and trying to really pursue all these things and keep learning and keep learning, one year is like dog years in software, right? Even we mentioned this page doctor tool that I built. Even doing that, you know, I'm like, oh, I know so much about page speed and images and all these things, right? And then I build an app. I'm like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Or I oh, I was totally wrong. And I had this logged in my brain from four years ago and that needs to be updated big time, you know, and keep going. So, you know, part of it is just like the pursuit of excellence and working with the people that we have around us, especially with when we work with developers. Some days working with them is pretty tough because some of them are pretty quirky and really focused on stuff that we think as like a store owner or brand owner, like, why do I need to care about that? You know, and then part of building that relationship is like, oh, well, maybe he's saying or she's saying something that I didn't really consider. A good example would be the effect of page speed on ad spend. That's something I almost never hear about. The second that I say that to someone who spends $100,000 a month on ads, they're like, oh, yes, I get it. And just that connection. So if you can make that connection with people and you say, okay, now go back to your developer and talk to them about how you can reduce your ad spend and how that is related to your page speed and bounce rate 
and number of pages per session. And then now you guys are best buddies, right? You're best friends. Last week, you thought that your developer was like spectrum adjacent, crazy person who doesn't have their like priorities in line. And then this week, you see that person is, oh, wow, that person can actually teach me something because now it connects to something that I really want to optimize at the big level, the brand level, right? Very good comparison there. And there's a reason why big companies like Amazon have a whole fleet of developers only looking into page speed and optimizing all the time. And Amazon is probably not the most visual appealing website out there, but there's a reason. And I always say, don't do slideshows, don't do animations. It just usually does not add anything to the user experience. It just hurts you. And the comparison that you just did, and I think I like that a lot, it was like, just look what you spent on Meta or Facebook ads, on Google ads, and then losing people because your site is too slow. And all of a sudden you optimize that and your ad spend will go far further than before. It's a really good argument on looking into it. Now, a technical question from my side is all the apps are getting updated all the time. So what happens if you do the optimization process with your web developer, for instance, you go through the whole process, everything is updated, and now the app developer comes out with a new version. Does that kill everything and you start from scratch or is there ways around to prevent that? Generally speaking, as it relates to Shopify, again, I'll touch on WordPress just because I know a lot of people still use WordPress. If we touch on WordPress, WordPress has one of the most devastating plugin ecosystems. So it's very common there where if you update your version of WordPress or you update your apps, then it just eats itself. So that could be 20 hours of trying to figure out, you know, versioning and all the PHP things for plugins on WordPress. So Shopify is quite different in the sense that almost everything that's running for Shopify is client side. So you can generally assume that as long as it's working, it's the same. So I have five apps in the Shopify app store. One of my newest app is called Rapid Reviews which is the fastest product reviews app by far, not even close. So it only loads 12K to the page, which is a single request. So my whole entire app bundle is just one file. And there might be weeks where I update that bundle five times in a week, just with optimizations, or I might add a small feature or something like that. And the customer never even knows it. And this doesn't always happen, but as long as I don't make a mistake, no one notices anything. But, you know, sometimes I make a mistake and, that's kind of the nature of software. But in general, I can update my app bundles without anyone ever seeing it, right? And then so there may be 400 versions of my bundle over time, and then they don't even know. So I think that's not such a big concern as it relates to Shopify, I think, or Shopify apps specifically. The one place I've seen that where it may be a concern is themes. So you can see theme updates. So that's the ecosystem for themes is quite tough in the sense that you can buy a theme for, let's say you buy a great theme for $200 and then you say, oh, it doesn't do this. So then you have a developer help you. They add code to the theme, then the theme gets updated and then the theme goes in and updates files that you didn't expect and all those things. That's kind of a separate issue. This is part of the game, unfortunately, you know, but you just have to work with your developer. So yeah. That specifically, I'm so worried about that part of it. Yeah. Okay. Before we come to the end of our coffee break chat is we have convinced everyone look into speed of your Shopify store by now. Like, how do you approach it? What would be a logical step-by-step process to, it's like, okay, I want to find out and then I want to approach someone like you, for instance, to help me with optimizing that. What kind of homework should a Shopify merchant do there? The first thing that you could do is, so one is you could use a tool to give you your baseline understanding of your performance. So you could use something like Google PageSpeed Insights. It's a great tool. It's, it has a lot of information. 
And it's a little bit probably targeted towards like the more technical person, or you could use something like pagedoctor.com, which I just released. And that's more of a, a lower level analysis, kind of a first pass analysis. That'll get you a collection of insights into some of the issues with your page, right? And then the next step is work with your developer, right? Invest in development relationship. That is the nicest way possible. So a lot of store owners are using places like Fiverr to find developers, right? And that can be okay, but just because you can get something done on Fiverr for $30, I would consider the fact that you may not be building a long-term relationship with a single person, right? So if you buy something on Fiverr, you get it done for $30. You have, a lot of times you have no idea who did it. So you may be working with some sort of broker. So someone will set up a Fiverr account and then you'll send them something and then it'll get done. And, you know, it may have gone to another pool of developers who are all chipping in to get this work done, right? So invest in a relationship with a developer that you can access one-to-one. And then as it relates to that, start looking at that as a long-term investment. Stop getting spoiled because everything's one click in Shopify and say, oh, well, okay, I'll just reach out to the app developer and they'll do it. And it's like, well, you know, that's not really fair to the app developers and it doesn't build you a long-term relationship. So a lot of my app customers for my Shopify apps, they're in that cohort of people who are very used to being like one-clicked, right? Or they give access to their store to these people they don't know. In terms of the quality of code and the strategy of work that I see coming out of these like very cheap, like marketplaces or outlets like Fiverr. If you're really trying to be the best and do the best, I don't think it's worth it. If you're not making much money on your Shopify store, that makes a lot of sense. If you're making, you know, whatever, $300,000, $400,000, 5 million, 10 million, start to carve off more of your budget to build relationships with developers you trust, right? And then if you're, let's say you're using an agency, a lot of Shopify stores will use a development agency partner. I think a lot of the consulting that I've done in the last, let's say, eight years related to Shopify is almost exactly the same profile. It's brand paid agency, whatever it is, $100,000, $400,000, $600,000. And then 12 or 14 or 16 months later, site is broken. Not broken in the completely non-functional sense, but okay, you know, page speed's horrible, all kinds of animations. A lot of them, they're just quite clever from like UI perspective, but just not fully functional. And so most of the consulting that I've done is someone has overpaid massively for agency and they haven't built the technical relationship over time in terms of like the product and product. So they may get what they want. Like you said, they may have like their 19 slideshows on their homepage and then they have their like nine MP4 videos and no one told them that those have to be loaded 100% before they play. It's hard to know unless you have a partner you really trust. I think it's a good idea to reach out to your network and audit the product that you have. So no matter how much you spend, right? Like I don't care if you pay the agency a million dollars. If you have a developer in your network that you trust, I think it's worth having them come in and give you an assessment of what's going on with your store, right? And then that can even be one hour of time. And a lot of Shopify store owners, I think that would be a good place to start of saying like, okay, I'm going to put aside $400 of my budget to ask someone technical that I trust to come in and give me an assessment on my site. And then start to build those relationships, development relationships moving forward. The marketplace thing is a phenomenon. The agency thing is kind of a traditional, I have a problem as a brand. And then it's all sales. You know, I'm trying to help sell my dad's house. Every real estate agent that comes in is just like, oh my God, 
Mr. Belk, your house is so amazing. You did all this work by yourself. Look at all of this tile. So my dad loves to tile. Okay. I mean, loves to tile. He'll tile anything. And we have half of the real estate agents saying, oh, Mr. Belk, this is the most amazing tile I've ever seen. And then we have the other half saying, oh, okay. Yeah, look at that. Okay, here's what we need to focus on, right? And so in the same way, we're building up our resources for Shopify ecosystem or our Shopify program. You know, we have one set of people generally, maybe on the marketing or the sales agency side, telling us that all of our problems are going to be solved. And then we have a couple of other quirky kind of technical people saying, no, no, no. You know, we want to obviously blend those. I'm guilty of this all the time, right? I'm more technical. A lot of times I don't speak in a way that is... I could speak much better to people who are non-technical and help bridge that gap. But I think it's also on the side of the store owner, it's really good to keep these things in mind. A lot of the non-technical people get frustrated with the technical people and quit and vice versa. And then the technical people get frustrated with the non-technical people. And then we have this big chasm between what our goal is and then all the back and forth and the thrashing in order to get to our goal, right? And then so we kind of want to try to build those relationships in an efficient way and an effective way moving forward. And then that's kind of the real way to get progress over time and, and pursue excellence, right? I completely can rely to the scenario that you gave. There is the agency where obviously a sales process is going on and lots of the time they're focused on features and design and so on and so forth. And then there's the technical aspect where the client never ever gets through to it. And maybe just a remark from my side, being a long time in this business and having done also hundreds and hundreds of projects is not every developer is focused on page speed. The software universe is very, very right. So you need to find the right person there. Now, where can people find out more about you, William? The easiest way is to go to williambelk.com. And then all my apps are listed there. You can go to Shopify App Store and you can look up Rapid Reviews is my newest app. So it's product reviews app. Very proud of that. You can find me on Medium, medium.com at wbelk. I do quite a bit of writing. These days, I mostly just write about what I get an itch about. Previously, I wrote a lot about cultural improvement, Agile, Lean, did quite a bit of stuff in the crypto space for a while. So quite a bit about that, but more on the geopolitical stuff related to crypto. But as it relates to my apps, williambelk.com, the best place. I'd encourage everyone to look at pagedoctor.com. That's a free tool. It's not perfect. I'm still making improvements to it. So anybody that would like to use it, if you could send me feedback about it or tell me what it's missing for you, that would be really helpful for me. And then I think it could help out a lot of people, you know, just to make a first pass, like drastic improvement to a lot of different stores. Cool. I will put the links in the show notes as always, then you just one click away. William, thanks so much. I think that was a great overview why Shopify apps can kill your store and why it is important to have somebody professional by your side to improve your store. Thanks so much for your time and have a great day. Thank you very much. Don't forget to visit the sponsor of today's episode, Bundle Builder. Join thousands of Shopify entrepreneurs that use Bundle Builder to create custom product bundles that turn browsers into buyers and dramatically increases average order values. Install Bundle Builder today and get a free 30-day trial plus an onboarding call to help get you set up for success. Simply visit www.bundlebuilder.app or click the link in the show notes. And that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found today's episode informative and actionable. As a reminder, we have a growing community of e-commerce professionals where you can share your insights, ask questions and learn from other merchants. If you're interested in joining, please visit our website at ecommercecoffeebreak.com and sign up for the community. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review our podcast to stay updated on the latest marketing trends and strategies for Shopify e-commerce merchants. See you next time.